Merry Christmas. Ah, that's more like it. Hallelujah. Who's looking forward to opening presents on Wednesday? Okay, exactly. How many is looking forward to giving presents on Wednesday? Yeah. 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 Man, was that good worship? I'll tell you. God is good. He is good all the time. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles tonight, like, uh, this morning, I'd like for you to uh, go to, um, let's see, I guess go to John chapter 10. You don't find the uh, birth of Christ in John chapter 10, but you find an important truth there in John chapter 10. It says that a thief comes to steal and to kill. But Jesus said, I have come to what? And give you life more abundantly. There is something important about that because that is the key to why he came. He didn't come here just, last week we talked about what he went through, what his family went through. You know, he was, he was a poor person and, and I'll just look at my notes because I'll, I'll mess it up. But last week we talked about all the negative things that happened in his life. And there was a lot. In this Christmas time, we, we think about uh, all the, the publicity and all the advertisements and all the sales pitches and all the things that we ca- get caught up in. And we're all guilty of it because it's working. But the world as we know it has paused during the week of Christmas. During this week, there, everybody seems there's, there's businesses that shut down for the whole week. And there's some businesses that will shut down for the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And, and just anticipating this, this time of giving. Many remembering why they give and why they receive gifts, but many not. Stores shut down. People, have, uh, people choose to observe a Christ for the first time in a hectic year. It's been a hectic year maybe for you. Maybe there's been a lot of things that, that transpired and, and you would have changed and we would have done them differently if you could go back and redo them. But you sit down and you, for, the, for a couple of days, you sit and reflect about the goodness of God and the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord. I know since the girls have been out of school for a few days, they've had a tendency to, not every day, but some days to sleep late. Christmas, if you don't have kids today, many times the people will sleep late. If you have kids, it don't happen. They get up early. I'll never forget uh, Alana. She was so annoying when she was little. And uh, she would wake up. She would get before the other two, my two boys, and she would come in there like four in the morning. She said, come on, let's go. I said, no, go back to bed. And then wanted her nice voice of reason, oh, Dwight. It's Christmas. That's why we don't publish any of those pictures because all of our hair is everywhere and, and you just go and you appease the kids. You sleep late. Thoughts of giving to others. Giving instead of receiving. Because believe it or not, most of us throughout the year have been more consumed with about what we receive. I was listening to Jensen Franklin this morning, and, and he was talking about he knew this preacher, and he was driving down the road, and, and this kid cut him off and cut in front of him and, and 
man just ticked him off really bad. It wasn't him. It wasn't Jensen, of course. It was somebody else. And as he went by, he said something to the boy. He pulled up beside him, and the boy waved at him with one finger up, and, and he knew that he was on then. And he challenged the boy, and the boy said, just pull over. He goes, I want to pull over. Follow me. So he took off, and he was going, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, okay, I, I ruined it already. It was Jensen. He got in the flesh. And during this time of the year, it's easy to get into the flesh. The boy didn't go meet him, thankfully. But every one of us can do that. Every one of us. Because we're consumed with what concerns us. Things going the way we want them to go. Looking for the unexpected right now, this week. Looking for the unexpected. Anticipation of an answer. There are people in here this morning, I'm telling you, that are looking for an answer. There are. Five weeks ago, this morning in our, in our pre-service meeting we had with Paul back there, and, and Paul was sharing something that was on his heart, and God prompted him to do something a couple of weeks ago. We had five people give their hearts to the Lord that Sunday. Five people. And, but, but regardless... We have people every week that's here that needs Jesus and need to come to a saving knowledge of him. And so this week is a great week of looking for things unexpected, not necessarily under the tree, but just in life. Anticipation of an answer. We're really grateful for this season. Give it to others. You know, I read John chapter 10, verse 10. That's what God has prepared. That's what Jesus has prepared in his, in him coming to earth and making preparations for us. But he never received all those things. He never had the luxuries of life. A poor little boy who lived in Bethlehem. I'll talk about it last, from last week. Um, it wasn't a traditional story. It's not, a, it's not a, an exciting story necessarily. It's one of hardship. It's one of uh, frustration. It's one of uh, a lot of poverty in the beginning. It wasn't ordinary. It was unlike. It was, it was very, very strange. A baby was found in swaddling clothes. Water swaddling clothes or rags. And, and I know the tradition at that time, they would wrap a kid up in, in clothes and they would and not expose him to the outdoors. And, but I can just imagine the, the things he was wrapped up in was not something of a great uh, uh, pretty scarf or a pretty uh, garment of some sort that somebody had saved just for that occasion. It's probably just some basic cotton wraps, something to keep him warm. But it wasn't something to be adored and to be admirized. He was not found in a palace, he was found in a barn. And not very many people knew about his arrival. Yet it had been prophesied in different places for hundreds of years, not many people knew of his arrival. I don't know about you, but I know, I know new parents today, they're, they're kind of different. Those that are having kids today are kind of different. They like to have their baby, and they like to have their time to themselves. I, I respect that. They want people to come to the hospital to see them and be part of this birth, if, if, if you will. But here's a young woman and a man. She had a baby and nobody hardly came. Her mom and dad, uncles, aunts, nobody. Just kind of alone. I know it's a different time. Go to Luke in chapter two. Jack, chapter two. 
Luke chapter 2. story of his birth. We'll read this, but from heaven's perspective, it was incredible. From their perspective and from our perspective, it would be very limited. From heaven's perspective, it was glorious. It was wonderful. This, this Mary and Joseph had this baby, the son of God, and, and it was glorious. It may not have been in the most uh, uh, elaborate conditions. It may have been in a, a difficult situation that they were in. But they had this little boy, and it was glorious. The Lord sent his angels down, and the angels said, what? They adored him. They showed up, and they adored everything about him. They even told, appeared to the shepherds, and the shepherds went to him. And, and so he had an audience, and they came, and, and they went there, and they worshiped the Christ child. Chapter of Luke in verse 1. At that time, Caesar, Augustus Caesar, sent an order in all the countries under the Roman rule, must list their names in a register. This is first registration. It was while Corius was governor of Syria. And they all went to their own towns to be registered. So Joseph left Nazareth, the town of Galilee, and went to the town of Bethlehem of Judea, known as the town of David. And Joseph went there because he was from the family of David. Joseph registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and was now pregnant. And while they were in Bethlehem, it was time for Mary to have the baby, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, because there was no rooms for him in the inn. And she wrapped the baby with pieces of cloth and laid him in a box for animals fed. That night, as some of the shepherds were in the field nearby watching the sheep, then an angel of the Lord stood by them and said, Glory to God in the highest, shone around about them, and... They became frightened, and the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that you will be of great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior, who is born in the town of Bethlehem, he is Christ the Lord. This you will know him. You will find a babe wrapped in pieces of cloth and lying in a feeding box. Then a very large group of angels from heaven joined the first angels, singing praises and singing, giving glory to God. On earth, peace. On earth, let there be peace among the people who please God. There was a lot of things going on. And it, I know some of you, when you had your first child, you were elated and you were uh, the big to-do about it and it was all exciting. Then the second one comes, the third one comes and, and not, not as much excitement about it. But this is the Christ child. Everything in his life was, was pretty exceptional. Heaven's perspective. It was glorious. It was incredible. From God's opinion, he was to tell the shepherds, some of the angels, Make it known to the wise man. And that's in chapter 2, verse 25. And you'll go there with me. Verse 25. In Jerusalem lived a man named Simeon, who was a good, godly man. He was waiting for the time when Christ would take away Israel's sorrow, and the Holy Spirit was in him. Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he saw the Christ child, saw Christ, the promise by the Lord. 
The Lord led Simeon to the temple where Mary and Joseph brought the baby to the temple to do what the law said they must do. And Simeon took the baby in his arms and he thanked God. Now, Lord, you can let me, your servant, die in peace. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. There was something unique about this, and it was very prophetical, and it was very comforting to him. But last week, I spoke of the pregnancy and the awkwardness of, of it, and the relationship to Joseph, that he was going to have with Joseph, and how it was awkward. About the ride, long ride on the donkey, or possibly in a wooden cart on the way, Later that day, after I had that conversation, after I talked about it to you in the service, I had a guy come up to me and say, could you imagine, could you imagine when she was in the cart, just being real for a minute, she was riding in a cart, every bump, he, every bump that he hit, what she was saying to Joseph. Because it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. It may have been normal at that time, but it didn't make it any better. Joseph may have said, maybe I should have left you at the house. I don't know what he was thinking, but there was a lot of conflict that went on even on that route, we can assume. Struggles in their mind. Because of the favor, blessedness, a godson had a lot of questions about what was going on in the early days when Christ was born. Go to chapter 10, verse 41. The nature of some people is really to accommodate, meet the needs of other people. And um, I've talked about this before, but I remember years ago when our kids were little, my wife always done the little extra things. She just done extra things to make it special. If it had been up to me, I wouldn't have done, I would have just had a birthday and got them something and that had been it. But I know that my wife, she paid attention to the kids. She knew what they wanted, what they desired. I mean to eat, something they wanted to eat. And she always done little things in their life to make them feel special. Verse 41 of Mark chapter 10. When the other followers heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. Previously they had said, Lord, who's going to be the greatest? Uh, let me sit on one side, my brother sat on the other, and the other disciples got mad at him. I've preached about this last two or three weeks in, in detail. But because of that, there's a selfish mentality that many of us do things in. We operate in our selfish mentality. Verse 42. And Jesus called them together and said, other nations have two rulers. You know that those rulers love to show their power over the people. They're important, and their important leaders 
love to use all their authority, but it should not be that way among you. Whoever wants to become great you must serve you like the rest, like a servant. Whoever wants to become first among you must serve all, all of you like a slave. In the same way, the Son of Man came not to be served. He came to serve others and to give his life as a ransom. The very reason that Jesus came was so that we could have something different, so that we could look for an answer, that we could have an anticipation of something different in our life. Everything that he came for, he suffered and he went through a lot of things, and, and so he knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to do without. He knows what it is to not to be the most popular person around. Because his whole life, he was not bringing any attention to himself. He abstained from reaching any attention, bringing any attention to him. He focused on what was most important about that two and a half years when he was going to the ministry. He came to be a servant. And it's still within us. And it's still within us not living a life that means to be served. The opportunity to serve and influencing others by finding the truth. Go to Philippians, if you will. I'm going to share with you uh, another thought or two about Christ. Philippians in chapter 2. How many of you ever heard the term, um, you deserve it? I deserve it. Come on. Let me go back in time. Calgon, it's all about us. It's all about us. It's meeting needs that we have. And we, I, I was a little boy, and I'd say things to my mom about Calgon and, and uh, take me away because she always wanted to escape the rowdiness of my brother and I. But many times we think things like, I deserve it. Uh, I want to treat myself. Treat myself. I'm worth it. Maybe you tell your husband that, I'm worth it. I deserve it. Maybe you tell your wife, I'm worth it. Right, Wanda? I'm worth it. Treat yourself, Dwight. I owe it to myself. Amazing how things, we think things revolve around us. And if it's anything but like Christ, that's it. He never liked things to revolve around him. Everywhere he went, every place that he went to, when he met people in the need that they had, it was never about him. Matter of fact, many times you would see him, uh, things would be, he would do miracles or whatever, and he would say, don't, don't go tell anybody. My time has not come. Just don't tell anybody. He, it wasn't about self-seeking glory. The Chinese proverb says this. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. If you let that sink in for just a minute, it'll, it'll change your perspective on how you do things. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. Philippians 2, 4 says, Do not be interested only in your own life. Be interested in the lives of others. 
Do not be interested only in your own life, but also in the life of the others. I think as we as a church and, and uh, we as individuals, there's nothing wrong with having things and want to work and have things. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's whenever we don't consider other people and the world in which we live and this society in which we live, we're made to think in ways that we owe ourselves something. We got to do things for ourselves because nobody else is going to do it for us. And that may be true, but you can get so motivated that you never reach out and do anything for anybody. And Jesus told us that he came not to be served, but to be a servant. Little babies are a, a blessing in a variety of ways. I was talking to Derek before church, and I'm sorry, I don't remember your boy's name, so don't get mad at me, but uh, he had him covered up and uncovered him and everything, and he said, well, he does three things. He eats, he sleeps, and he fusses. He eats, sleeps, and fusses. And two of those things are things that he needs. One of them is one thing, you like to have a little break from when he's fussing, right? You think, you know, you're full, you, you use the bathroom, you change your diaper, you're comfortable, you're resting, you should be able to rest, but you're crying. Maybe with, with kids, we can understand it, but the, the world doesn't revolve around us. The world doesn't revolve around him, except for in their life. First truth is, the world doesn't revolve around you. The second truth is you're special. You're very special. God has promised to, to meet your needs when you focus upon others. And the quicker we learn to, to give and, and make a difference in other people's lives about what we give and what we do, the better off we are. This is Christmas Sunday. There's something we've done here for about 16 years. And had some people come in and ask a variety of things. Why are all the boxes at the door? Um, those boxes are nothing big, nothing elaborate. But it's something we give an opportunity for every person in this place to have something you leave your church from. And it's a, it's a navel orange, it's an apple, and it's a candy bar. How many of you would like to have that for Christmas? You see, this started back years ago in Kentucky, and, and many people around here done this as well in their churches. But what I remember my father telling me was that when he was growing up, there was times he didn't get a whole lot. Matter of fact, most Christmases he didn't get anything. But he remembers that one, most of the time what he would get would be a, an apple or, and some nuts or uh, or an orange and some nuts. We've come a long ways. What if your kids got up in on Wednesday morning and you had each of them a bag sitting out for the Christmas? Would they be happy? 
Probably not. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it that they wouldn't be happy? It's ours. Because we've all fallen to the mentality that everything revolves around us. I'm encouraging you this. Find out what Christmas is about. It's fun to get. It's fun to give. But it's not how much. It's the quality. There's nothing that we want any any more in our life, period, my wife and I, to have all the kids and all the grandkids around us at Christmas. That's the greatest thing there is. Jesus came to meet the needs of every one of us with a huge price that he paid in the beginning. Come up, Kyle Haley, or whoever it is, Mary Beth. Today, when you leave with your bag of fruit, enjoy it. Enjoy your family, especially give of yourself. There's nothing any greater that you can do in this life than giving of yourself. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for what you've done in our lives and what you're going to do in our lives. God, I pray that we would just completely trust you with everything that we are. We would expect to receive. And God, we would energize our faith as we give to others and meet the needs of other people. We give you thanks in Jesus' name.